Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have Nina Rastiri. She is author of Overcoming the Mom Life Crisis, and she's also founder and president of Mom Agenda. And so thank you so much, Nina, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, okay. Um... I feel like I know what the mom life crisis is because I feel like I live it every day, but um, (laughs) it's fairly intuitive, right? (laughs) Exactly. But like in your words, what the mom life crisis is, you know, I think all moms feel overwhelmed sometimes and stressed. Sometimes a mom life crisis is really when you're stuck in that vortex and you just don't see a way out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. that feeling of kind of hopelessness or I, I don't know how to make things better. And I'm kind of stuck here for the next 18 years until my kids are out of the house. That's how it feels mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. And I feel like this is not, I mean, not wholly unique to our generation, but is increasingly problematic for our generation. Right. I mean, you know, 1950s was pretty clear where you're supposed to be, like in the kitchen barefoot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we'd be nostalgic for that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not nostalgic for that. Like, I'm like the world's worst cook. That's like always like the meme about me. Like, I, like every, my husband last night, uh, we're making like meatballs that are bought from the deli, like the already like meat section, you know, like they're already made from the meat section of the grocery store. Spaghetti sauce out of a jar and broccoli. So the only thing really I could mess up was the broccoli because everything else you just like threw in the oven or threw in the pot. And we go to sit down and I've already put everything in the bowl. And he gets up from the table and just like gets a new pan out and puts the broccoli back in it. And I was like, really? He's like, I'm sorry, but you didn't cook it. It's not cooked. So yeah, so I do not want to be back in the 1950s, um, barefoot and pregnant um, in my kitchen. But yeah, in, in some ways it is weird, right? There is like some like weird nostalgia that I have for like a simpler time when I wasn't expected to be everything. Yeah, I mean, we we have choices now, which is amazing. We have choices now, but um, we we get pulled in so many different directions and it's not so clear what, you know, because it's about what we want now and living our best lives, um, yeah. it's, there are so many options in front of us. It can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me your story because you must've had a personal story that made you feel like 
like inspired enough to want to write a book for other people to help them about the mom life crisis? I, I, well, it's, it's a, it's a quite a story, but it started, it started about 10 years ago when my kids were pretty young. I have four kids at the time, I was running my business, Mom Agenda, and I had the four kids all in like elementary school, early middle school. My then husband was working on Wall Street, which meant very long hours. He was, you know, never really home during the week. So it's kind of a single mom to four kids and a mom entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And it it just, I I just hit rock bottom. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, there was a point, and I describe it in the book, where three out of the four kids had the flu. I I didn't leave my house for six weeks. You know, it was like, yeah. uh, and I, I just hit rock bottom. And it was like, I didn't see a way out, you know. And it, right. it was, it was, it's like, it's so confusing because it's like, I have everything I always wanted. I have the kids and the husband and the house and the business Right. And I cannot make it work. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I just, um, I, a lot of times will like stack podcast, um, tapings. And so earlier this morning, like at, you know, eight, I was, I was taping with, um, this gal, Don Dobby, who does financial planning for people and, um, financial wealth and, and worth for women. And we're talking about just this idea of like, of course, we all know this, right? Like money can't buy you happiness, but that like, it really does feel like we should all be like happier than we, than we are. (laughs) And that we, we should feel like we're like living our best lives all the time. And I think um, that ideal itself is, is difficult, right? To live up to, to live up to this, um, to this ideal that we would like, we have so many choices and so that we should be able to kind of, um, to do it all and to enjoy it all and for it to all be, all be good. Tell me, tell me more about the mom agenda. I want to hear more about this too. Oh, so mom agenda is uh, a business I started 16 years ago when the kids were little, where I was just like an organized, disorganized kind of hot mess of a mom. Um, yeah because the kids were so close in age, are so close in age. And I was just overwhelmed. So I needed a new system to organize my own life. And so I created this day planner for myself. And then I thought, I think other moms would like this too. So I turned it into a company and it took off right away. Like I kind of thought it was going to be my little hobby, you know, like I'd sell it at the preschool mom's night out, you know, and (laughs) keep living my life. And it, it was featured on the Today Show in the first six months of business, wow. and it just sales just skyrocketed. And I was like, "Oh my god, I have a company now!" Ah! And I wrote about that in the book too. It was yeah. like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we can all use like practical tips for for organizing. Um, it's specific though to moms because there's a lot of agendas or lots of like organizational tools that aren't specific to moms. What makes it specific to, to moms? And I don't mean to care like, you know, stereotype because of course there's like all types of moms with all types of lives. But generally speaking, there are a few things that we all can use help with. (laughs) I'll show you your podcast listeners can't see this, but you can see Uh it. So 
see there's space for mom on the top and then there are four okay. boxes and you can put your kids' names in the boxes and keep their activities separate from yours oh. each day. Okay. So I like that. it's a way of managing multiple schedules on paper without losing your mind on, you know, on a, you'll still lose your mind, but maybe not every day. <laughs> maybe not every single day. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So, um, you know, a lot of discussion around oh the woes of modern motherhood and we we talk about this too on our on our feed and on all of our content just like commiserating with moms and being there and just that like validation of yes things are hard but i think all of us also want solutions right for how to get beyond the mom life crisis so in your book you talk about some specific ways that a mom can overcome the mom life crisis but what, what would be your top recommendations for what moms can do? The most important thing for me was figuring out my priorities, just mm -hmm. two priorities, and starting to say no to everything that's not aligned with those priorities. Because, I, I mean, I have all my old mom agendas up there. I can show you what my calendars looked like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, just packed, packed, packed with PTA stuff and all whatever, all the stuff you say yes to because it's so hard to say no. And my life changed the day I wrote down my two priorities on a post-it note and started only saying yes to things that fell under those two priorities. I want to build Why my business they? and I yeah. want to be a great mom to my kids. That's it. And I started saying no to everything else. And that was when life started to shift for me, where it was like, okay, I'm living life aligned with my values and what I really want, rather than just saying yes to everything that's asked of me, because it, it's hard to say no. It is time to run, not walk, to your bookstore or have your fingers do whatever is the equivalent of running to the Amazon store, so online, to purchase our new book, it's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. It is a labor of love. I'm so excited to deliver this book baby to you and to help you really feel like you are winning at parenting without losing yourself, mama. If you want to also check it out at the library, it's there, borrow it from a friend. However, I just want you to get this solid information so you can start thriving, not just surviving in motherhood. Like if there was a motto to live by, it would be that, right? I mean, I think it's a lot easier said than done because we all have pasts and things that have been ingrained to us from our parents and mm -hmm. expectations on us from society. You know, I, I come from a, a household. My, my parents are so well-intentioned and they're lovely people and they did a great job raising us. Um, and there was a lot of like, well, so-and-so asked you to do this, so you need to go do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, you know, this person wants you to go to this event, so you should go. Like, as opposed to hey. this thinking about, like, well, what would be, how would you feel about that? Would that fit with what you're wanting for the day, you know? Um, and I think I still carry that into my motherhood journey, or I did, you know, in the beginning of like, well, if someone asked me to do something, either personally, like a social thing that I didn't necessarily want to do, I should say yes. 
And if someone asks me to be part of a committee at my work, at my day job as a pediatrician, I should definitely say yes, because that's being a team player. And if, um, even if like, you know, uh, my kids want me to come to like a field trip on a certain day, that I should always say yes. Even if in the end, that's actually not going to be the thing that helps me, like you said, like develop the best relationship with my kids. Sometimes it is because it's like a memory maker. But sometimes like my daughter would ask me all the time. She'd go like, can you come, all the other moms come and volunteer in the classroom once a week? And I want you to do it too. And I did it a couple times. And, you know, like I didn't even see my kid the whole time. I was like, like, the other kids, you know what I mean? Like it was much more meaningful for me to go with her to like the art museum field trip where I was excited to be there and she was excited to be there. We could talk about it afterward and had a shared experience. So I hear you like saying no was hard and probably like the most important thing that we can do as moms. It, it becomes easier when you have your priorities like written down or when you're mm-hmm. really, you've done the work and you have clarity. Yeah. I think, I think it's a lot harder when you're just kind of like trying to say no, but you don't really know why you're saying no. Right. Except that you're just too busy and you're freaking out. Um, yeah. But once you have that clarity on your why, it becomes easier. And I have scripts in the book for saying no also, because some of us, we just, I was raised the way you are. I did not have the words to say no. Yeah. I, I did not have the vocabulary, you know, and I had to like write things down and, and practice. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I wrote about that in the book because I figure if that, if, if that was the case for me, it must be for other people too. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think like you, you're never alone in those feelings, especially as a woman of like being able to say no and have agency over, over your day, over, over your, your hours. You know, I, um, I backed off on my clinical work, um, about six months ago, um, in order to spend more time on my business and to do things like this, to do podcast episodes with people during the day versus, you know, working at everything on, at midnight, you know, and, um, practice what I preach. And, uh, <laughs> and I found myself on those days, like still over scheduling to be like, okay, I'm going to do X and then Y and then Z. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'd be at the end of the day, like I'm exhausted. And I'm like, hate my life even worse, you know? So even within my own schedule and things that no one else was asking me to say yes to something, I think it's also powerful for ourselves to get really clear on what are our priorities um, in terms of where we want to like, what our outcomes are, what our goals are at the end of the day, but then also how we want to feel at the end of the day, how we want to feel at the end of the year. Like, I don't want to feel stressed and, you know, burn out at the end of a year, you know? And to your point, we we were raised, uh, I write about this in the book about yes, yes, we say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. That's just how we were taught. And it just comes so naturally. It's like the auto yes, you know. And I I talk about how one of my favorite words is no, because saying no to someone else is very often a way of saying yes to yourself. You talk also about self-care in the book. Um, And people have different definitions of self-care. What's your definition of self-care? You know, my definition is a little different. Like, I think for a long time, self-care was like, go get a manicure, you know, like, go get a massage, take a walk with a friend. And I I don't think that's self-care. I I, like, I think those things are fun. 
if that's what you like to do. Um, Self-care, I'm going to read to you from my book. Self-care is knowing you matter and making choices every day that ensure you're at your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual best. So it's about saying I matter and making choices about, you know, the PTA or about work. Yeah. Making choices that mean that you feel good at the end of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really has nothing to do with manicures anymore. It really has to do with making choices that make you feel good. Yeah. And I'm assuming then based off that definition that you would say self-care is for everybody, right? Not just self-care like as a, for people of a certain means, right? Who can afford to have self-care. Because I think a lot of times people think like, well, that's for like rich people <laughs> to have self-care, right? <laughs> Uh, Is it a rich people problem? I don't think so. I think everyone has priorities and, you know, some people have more freedom than others, of course, but, uh, you know, we all have agency and, you know, choices that we can make and we can always choose to say what's right for me, no matter what background we come from. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be interested just in the business aspect of what you do because you still do mom agenda right that's still I I mean that's still your business that you do do you have any tips for people who might be just starting out that want to have their priority be that they build their business is there anything that you learned in those early years once you started making a priority that really made a huge difference in that area for you even just like philosophical things that you decided on or ways you spent your time it became very important for me to uh, to not listen to other people. You know, it, it mm-hmm. became very important to me to trust my own voice, you know, because when you're a mom starting a business or like you, you're a pediatrician, I think everyone has advice for you. Yeah. Everyone thinks they know how you should be doing your stuff. Yeah. Everyone knows how you should organize your day or plan your life or Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I had a nickel for every person who said, oh, that's so sweet that you're starting a company, you know, like yeah. no one says that to men who start companies, dads who yeah. start companies, <laughs> you know, but anyway, everyone has an opinion. And I think the most important thing for me and for everyone is to trust yourself. Like, go ahead and listen to what other people say, but learn how to, how to filter, like, mm-hmm. And learn what feels true for you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me add two to that. I mean, I'm going to assume, I, I know that starting at six months, you got a big boost because of the Today Show. And so everything kind of went, went crazy, you know, for you. But there's obviously an investment phase to this too for, for a lot of people where it doesn't go that quickly, you know, in six months. Where they're like, just like churning it out for for a while, you know, for it took a couple of years for Modern Mommy Doc to take off and for people to notice me and, you know, to start getting like partnerships with brands and that type of thing. And, um, and to get like the book deal and, and all of that. And I know for a lot of times for me, when I was spending time doing work on it, that if I wasn't making money yet with it, that I kept like having to I felt like I had to justify to other people, like, you know, this isn't just like a, 
hobby. It's something that's like eventually mm -hmm. going to pay off. Like I believe in it because it's where my strength lies. It's where like I have a passion for it. I see that people are responding to it. And so like, yes, don't like throw away all your money on, um, on pipe dreams, but that, um, like as women, I think also that we have this tendency to be like, if we're not financially producing or we're not like productive enough with it in the very, very beginning, that it's not worth anything. And I would just encourage people too. I think in that regard, in terms of starting a business that like hardly anybody just makes it on their first try. I mean, like, you know, most people grind it out for a while and make a ton of mistakes and do it kind of the wrong way first. Um, or multiple times first before they before they get it right. And part of being able to listen to yourself and trust yourself is like seeing those failures, not as failures, but just as learning opportunities to, to figure out Absolutely. how to do it better next time. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. I think the other thing to your point is um, to, to know what, to know your why and your meaning beyond bringing home a paycheck. Like, why are you... Yeah like what's the bigger purpose of what you're doing? Um, for me, it wasn't, uh, it, it, it was more about like making mom's lives easier. And that's what I kept thinking about. Cause there were years I didn't make any money, but I thought, yeah. okay, I'm doing something good. I'm doing something good in the world. Yeah. You know, there are people who really need this and that's what kept me going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, um, the most impactful conversations that I've had in my clinic have been not around medicine. I mean, there have obviously been some um, emotional times I've had with families where I have to give a bad diagnosis to a family or um, we're able to cure something. And it's really exciting for me and for a family, but by far the most impactful conversations have been with moms where I looked them in the eye and said, as they're struggling with breastfeeding, as they are having behavior issues with their kids, um, when their kids are picky eaters and like not doing what they want them to do, to look in their eye and be like, you are okay. You are totally normal. Like, <laughs> I know that you can do it. Let me give you an ounce of grace today. And those were the conversations that made me say, okay, we need more of this yes. out in the world. Right. We are really struggling as moms with this, you know, we're, we're just expected to be perfect. And that pressure is making moms suffer so much. So anything we can yeah. do, I think, to put into the world this idea that you're okay. Yeah, you're killing it. You know, like, yeah. even if the breastfeeding <laughs> isn't perfect every day, you're doing great. You know, yeah. like, I just, th I think moms are like superheroes, you know, like, we yeah. just do so much. We don't get enough credit for it. Yeah. Do you know um, Mom Brain Therapist? She's on Instagram. Have you heard of her? I don't think so. Okay, she's a she's a psychologist and she's awesome. My friend introduced me to her. Look look her up, you guys. Um, uh, and you know, she and I have no affiliation. I just like her stuff. She does all of these diagrams that are like, um, what like perfect momhood looks like in 2021, like during the pandemic, right? And it's like a little picture of like a takeout thing. And she's like, it's takeout, for, it's takeout for dinner. It's like your kid's watching a little bit too much TV today. It's you deciding you're just going to like 
you know, um, I don't know, phone it in on like having, uh, you know, like saying no to your um, PTA meeting committee that you're supposed to be going to. Like, it's very just like this freeing, every single thing that she puts on there is like very freeing us. Like, this is what the expectation is. And this is what like reality is in this moment. And she has a bunch that are about like breastfeeding that are about uh, COVID, like she kind of goes on in the holidays, all of that. So you guys want a dose of like um, accepting less than perfect uh, for yourself. Uh, she's a good one that visually, sometimes I just like keep her little things on my phone as a, I screenshot yeah. it <laughs> for myself. Visual <laughs> learners. Yeah. I'm like that too. Exactly. I think, you know, and even if it's not a pandemic, we are all so much less than perfect. And like, I think it's time for us to accept ourselves, you know, like, like let that be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? No, no. Yeah, I think so too. And of course, obviously, the benefit for our kids is, um, you know, we don't expect our kids to be perfect. When when we go around, though, acting like we have to be perfect, then that sets the model for them that they can't be learners as well. Exactly. So um, yeah, showing being vulnerable, being transparent uh, in a healthy way for our kids is is good too. Uh, awesome. Well, tell me where people can find the mom life crisis and hear more about you. Um. The Mom Life Crisis. So you can follow me on Instagram, nina.risteri. Um, you can find the book on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, anywhere. You can call your local bookstore and ask them to order it. Um, and uh, for Mom Agenda, you can visit my website, momagenda.com. What else? Great. Awesome. No, I think that's great. That's great information. So people can find you on the World Wide Web, order the book, uh, get a mom agenda for themselves. <laughs> so that way they can be organized, sane, and start saying no to the things that are not on their priority list. Yes, I love exactly. it. Thanks, Nina. Thank you so much. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.